Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Testing, testing. Black man renaissance. This is black man renaissance. Here we go. So, uh, here's another episode of Black Man Renaissance. Um, today, we're coming at you with my man Musa. Peace, peace. Peace, peace, peace. And um, the question is, is the deadbeat black father a myth? What do you think about that? Yo, that's deep. That is deep. Uh, first and foremost, uh, before I get started, I want to always give praise to the Most High uh, in our language, the ancient Arabic language. We call him Allah, uh, in the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. Uh, we bear witness that there is no God, but here we further bear witness that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad is indeed his Christ and Messiah. Um, so this is important is, is the, is the, uh, the deadbeat, deadbeat a myth. <laughs> <laughs> the deadbeat that is actually, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not a myth, but it's not the totality of the black man, mm. uh, at least not the black man's experience. And, and I say that, uh, irrespective of, uh, some of the black men like myself who are continuously engaged in the upliftment of our sisters but as well as, as our, our race and our people so it's crucial uh, to answer such a question is the black the the, 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 the missing father in other words you know mm-hmm. is, is that a myth no it's not because there are times when uh, we will find sisters by themselves and we will find brothers absolutely absent in, in the lives of just not just the community but in the lives of their uh, their very own families so it's not a myth however what is mythical is to think that 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 narrative is is, is monolithic it's not uh, the black man uh, himself engages and produces a lot more than the missing black man would ever understand. You know, the CDC did a report um, on fatherhood and black fathers were the most active in their children's lives. That's crazy. That's whether they live with the children or if they didn't. Residential and non-residential, black fathers down, like down the board were the most active fathers. Yeah, um... So I haven't had a chance to see that actual report. I, I pray that I'll be, get a chance to uh, that it will be shared with me at some point. But what I, I what I will say is this. What I will say is this. 
um, I am a part of that statistic. <laughs> so, uh, you know, though there are black men that are absent, but to have stats to show that the black man is the most active is nothing new to me. As a matter of fact, I'm not even surprised uh, because where I walk in life, there are many others that are like me as well. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's admirable. It should be applauded. Uh, but the recognition itself is, is what has not been advertised. And uh, if one would take what was shown on TV, most commercials today, they don't even show a black man. They'll show a white man with a black woman and family. So, uh, again, the facts show one thing. The advertisement shows something different. You know? Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I will share that uh, that report with you. It's, it's an actual report. And, you know, black fathers were the most active in their children's lives, more active than white fathers and Hispanic fathers. Um, so... You know that's 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 what that is, because um, I feel like, not that I feel like there there is a narrative being pushed that you know black black fathers are you know not in the homes, um, and in reality, um, fatherlessness in America or single parent homes have been going. Uh, it, it's it's a nationwide thing. Yes. It's not it's not just it's something. Black it's, thing, right? it's not just a black thing now. Right. You know, um, I was I was reading a story. Uh, I think this was in Milwaukee. There was a there's there's a father who um, he's part of some initiative, some fatherhood initiative in Milwaukee, and it was geared towards black men. And he had to leave because he said, "Hey, you know what? This is this is not just a, a black issue." He's like, "I'm getting white guys coming to me. I'm getting Hispanic. I'm getting all types of men coming at me. Um, you know, uh, with with issues. You know." coming you know issues dealing to parental rights especially when it comes to fathers um and that's another thing uh, that's another issue do you feel like men in general get the short end of the stick when it comes to fathers right the parent parental rights yeah uh it's a very good question i think men uh will always get the short end of the stick whether it's black or white or whatever the case may be because by nature we always have looked to the woman to be custodial in the most infant stages and when I say the most infant stages whether that's from a child being born to a child being 12 years old you know these are stages in which the child has to develop and in their development uh, nurturing is required so it's it's very it's very difficult it's very difficult to find a father as a nurturer right but a mother in her very nature is is complementary to not only nurturing but uh creating the atmosphere for nurturing to take place so um you know it's it's really challenging you know what I'm saying it really is uh when it comes to uh answering that question because uh essentially it is what it is uh, women have that they have that place uh, so society tends to go with that how we feel as human beings we tend to go with that and what it does obviously it, it forces us away as men from a custodial part mm. um, do we are we capable 
I guess is the question of maintaining mm. children uh, as custodial parents primarily. Yes, we are. We're very capable. Um, but I feel that the development of a child with a, an appropriate mother would further would first surpass us as single fathers any day. Mm. Right, right. Um, you know, but there, there are cases of... Uh, there are, uh, for instance, um, I met a guy one time through a, through you know a mutual friend of mine. Sure. And, you know, it's my first time meeting the guy, but you, I'm sitting there, I could, I could I could feel his spirit. Right. And he was distraught, and I'm like, yo, you know what's what's going on? Because just you, you're not you're not jovial. Like, what's going on? Right. And he was saying that, um, hey, you know what? Yeah, my ch- my children, you know. The children with the mom, he, I think he had two kids at the time, and he said the mom was just no good, and, you know, he, he just wanted custody. And it, our interaction probably wasn't even 30 minutes. Right. But I remember when he was leaving, I said, yo, listen, do me a favor, go fight for your kids. No. Go fight for your kids because, you know, he, he just made it seem like, hey, the mom is not really a maternal figure. Right. And you know, I don't, I, she can't provide this the substance or the nurturing that ch- the children need. Right. So I said, "Hey, listen, man. You as the father, you as the more uh, aware parent, listen. Go fight for what. Go fight for your right for your children. Because the last thing you want is for your children not to be able to be the best that they can be. Totally. Right. Totally. And, and you know, I I embrace that and accept that because I I, I live that. Mm. Um, you know where the brother was on the fence thinking there was no thought for me Mm. I've been uh, the nurturer (laughs) Mm. the attempted nurturer you know what I'm saying Mm. and the go-to person since day one and and that's for both children Mm. Uh, and what I've come to realize is in my acquaintances with a lot of single mothers um you know, uh, as a as a as a man, you're not sure that you can do the job. You're doing the job doesn't mean that you're doing the job. I want mm. to say that again. You doing the job doesn't mean that you're doing the job. Um, break that down. Break that yeah. down. Yeah. So sometimes we all forced in situations, you know, uh, and because of circumstances, we are in that particular position. However, a person who is a natural fit for the position, right? Mm. Uh, is nothing less than the perfect fit. So a lot of times, uh, men and women, we're forced into situations where we're not the perfect fit, but we have to make a do. Um, so that's my situation. I'm doing the job, but I'm really not the doer of the job. So we do the job because circumstances is what causes us to do the job. But the woman that does the job there's nothing more perfect than the nurture than that comes from a woman who does the job, and so that's my breakdown of it all. Uh, I'm not saying that men can't do the job, but I'm just saying women have a natural way of handling that role seamlessly. So I don't want to I don't want to get what you're saying misconstrued. So do you feel like without her playing her role, that there will be deficiencies within the office brand? Absolutely. There will always be a deficiency where there are not two adults playing 
the complementary role of raising a child. Always, there will always be a deficiency. Mm. And and for one to think that there wouldn't be would only be, you know, it, it'd just simply be a lie to yourself. And, and and I'm telling you again, this is not far-fetched. I live it. <laughs> mm. I've done it. I've done it. And I know that as as uh, as much as effort that I've put into my work, there are still many flaws uh, that I could never make up for a woman who was naturally, you know, talented to do the job. There's just not enough. So that's just being sincere. And also, it's just my experience. Mm. Now, would you rather have someone who would provide the effort? You know, sure. You know, that's what that's what takes the child to the next chapter is the effort uh, any person who's willing to provide the effort will always take that child to that next level but in that child's natural state or at least in that mother's natural state she has a natural gift that gives the child uh, what is required that we as men are limited in, in providing so that's all I'm saying okay alright alright um, now the the narrative that's being pushed, I see that it's not just being pushed by the dominant society. It's also being pushed by a lot of sisters. Now, it's, it's troubling to me because, you know, it's, it's, it's just troubling to me. But I came to the conclusion that a lot of sisters are pushing that narrative because either that paternal figure in your life was absent. So they have this, uh, this, this is just my, my thinking, you know, the paternal figure was missing and there's some type of, uh, some type of resentment there. And so they just, they, they push that. It's just this, this, uh, it's this underlying hate. Yes. You know, and that's just, that's just, that's just my thinking of it. No, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. That anything that you've presented, by the way, um, that everyone should know in this interview. There's nothing uh, that is out of bounds in terms of what you presented. Everything is really spot on. Hmm. Uh, sometimes I, 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 I don't differ. I just want to give a little bit broader perspective hmm. as to what that looks like. Right. Um, but in general, uh, as far as the missing figure, the missing parent, yeah, that's a narrative that's pushed. What else? Another thing that's pushed also is... Uh, the the incompleteness of the black man, not just as being a father, but just in general. And, and, and uh, I spoke about this earlier dinner. You know, wherever you look in in society, there's no real advocacy for um, the black man. There's no proponent that shares the story of what the CDC shows that that, that the black man is continuously in support of his family. There's nothing that shows that. So uh, our women, black women, that is, it's convenient for them to buy into the narrative of saying, well, uh, well, the nigga ain't here, he ain't doing shit, he ain't about shit. Mm. It's easy to do. Yeah. And so most of our sisters buy into it based on one bad experience, and that becomes the actual crucifixion cross for us, is the convenient lie and narrative that society pushes that the black man is not there. Um, so yeah, uh, absolutely, that is something that we suffer from as black men based on our own sisters, you know, chiming in to uh, a part of that. Now, sometimes that is true, but there's a great deal of time where black men are present. And so where's the counterbalance there? Mm. There is none. So 
um, yeah, you're, you're talking to someone who, I live this. Uh, my children are with me right now. <laughs> mm. They've been with me, I think you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. children have been with me since they've been born. Since they were born. <laughs> uh, so they, I, can, I can attest to that. Yeah, yeah. So they're still with me right now. Mm. But even in this moment, uh, in some places I'm characterized as a, as a half-ass dad. Mm. Really, that's that's straight facts. I'm still characterized as a half-assed dad and someone who ain't doing what they're supposed to do. So you figure that out. <laughs> yeah, but but you as a person, you as the father that knows, hey, you know what? I've been in my child's life or my children's lives since day one. How does that make you feel? Uh, you know, I'll tell you. Um. It, it it makes me feel dissatisfied but my acquaintance with dissatisfaction didn't begin with my children mm. so as a black man um, we are acquainted with dissatisfa dissatisfaction at a very early age um, when you have aspirations to be and do certain things uh, but you can't see beyond what the neighborhood shows you because TV ain't going to show it to you magazines are not going to show it to you and your teachers are not going to teach it to you so uh, dissatisfaction again um, is something that without doubt uh, is something that I, I've been acquainted with as a, as a young child and as I became older um, I think I, I, I began to accept it a little bit more so being a parent, knowing I'm the parent at the forefront, doing what's required, making the sacrifices, and still uh, being looked upon by those who don't know me as a person who's absent or who's not done what they're supposed to do, uh, it's a level of dissatisfaction and disrespect. But I think, you know, sadly I've learned to accept the dissatisfaction and, and do the best that I could. I mean... People can say all they want, but at the end of the day, there's two people in this world that know that those are lies. No doubt. Right? No so, doubt. isn't isn't your children's thoughts of you more important than the outside world? Yeah, and, and I totally agree. But remember, this conversation here, uh, we are uh, in the vein of combating the false narrative that are placed on black fathers and black men. Right, right, right. So the children, though they are the beneficiaries and they can speak to it maybe 15 to 20 years down the line, right, right. the black man's still suffering right now. <laughs> <laughs> we die. We be suffering because the world has such a, a, a wrong perception of us. Mm. So, you know, I need that child to be, you know, ready to interview like right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that ain't happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we have to we have to really um you know, respectfully of as black men, we have to really uh begin to uh take back um the lies uh that are being cast over us like a dark cloud. And for those who would apply to, you know, brothers y'all need to step up and take care of your business. Mm. But for us, you know, uh, we have a great responsibility. We have a great responsibility 
to give voice to this, to give life to this. Uh, but more importantly, uh, to allow these examples to be shown uh, on, on a broader level. Hmm. You know? All right. Um, yeah, so, you know, the, the, definitely there there are loads of black men who are in, in their children's lives. Um, but then, I, you know, I've heard stories of black men who wanted to be ch- part of their children's lives, but you know the other the other party is hey you know what i don't want you there um for instance um i i was i went to the gym one time and i met this guy there um you know we we have you know we had prior knowledge of each other so we know we're having a conversation and so we're conversing and he's telling me you know the story about uh he just got very very open with me you know he, he had a he was messing with some woman they ended up having a child together um but she was making his life a living hell. I remember he said that uh, he was in he was in Massachusetts. He goes off to he goes off vacation, comes back, police at his door. Wow. Why why the police at the door? This woman uh, filed some false claims against him. He says. So at that point in time, I think the child must have been maybe one or two. And he says, you know what? I do not deal with the child because I do not want to deal with the mom. And I couldn't conceive what he was saying because I'm like, damn, this is your first son. This is your child, your first son. Like, why do you not want to be part of your child's life? He says, hey, you know what? I do not want to deal with the woman. What is your advice to men like that? I think that's a shortcut. Um, And I think the brother is disingenuous. Because despite the police being at the door, you know, the child requires both mother and father in in, 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 in their lives. And one of the things, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll get as personal as this. Mm. Um, for a period of about a month and a half, close to two months, I had private investigators taking pictures of my every move. Why? Because I have um, a bitter ex-woman, you know what I'm saying, who wants to demonstrate that I was a cheat. And by being able to take pictures and follow me around, it would give, you know, would give what's required, you know, uh, an opportunity. And what's required is an opportunity to gather factual evidence uh, to demonstrate that the woman's cheated on so that she can cash in on alimony. Yeah. So I, I could have easily uh, gone to the courts and made it very clear that uh, not only that I'm being harassed, but that I, I, I want to make, make it clear uh, that my life is being challenged and that I can't have the children with me because of these type of actions. While the investigation was going on, and this private investigator was taking pictures of me on my doorstep, and taking pictures of me, uh, you know, with a young lady in the car, and taking pictures of me, I was still picking up my children. <laughs> <laughs> I was still bringing them home. I was still getting them food. I was still buying clothes. I was still uh, going over homework assignments. Mm. So, for a brother to say the the behavior of a woman is the reason why he's not going to participate in the lives of the children is a, is a straight cop out and it's a shortcut and we need not to do that as black men mm. we need not to do that as black men uh, we got to be better than that 
And, um, and and this is to the brothers that's out there. If you're not ready uh, to give yourself freely, you know what I mean, for the next generation, then stay out the way. Stop, you know, baiting these sisters and, you know, promising them paradise. Something that you know you're not willing to give or willing to yield to sacrifice for. And then when they give you these children's, you know, you guys, you know, make, you know, all kind of excuses as to why not to participate in their lives. You know, fall back, sit on the sideline, wear a gym hat, or, or just get a, a vasectomy. That way you're not playing with sisters. Because a lot of sisters go into this and they have, uh, like what I was telling you earlier, the Cinderella <laughs> dream. <laughs> Yo, they, they're really yeah. into this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and here you are, you, you know good and well you ain't into it. Uh, but you're willing to bait the sister as far. And then when the child is born, you, you got a gazillion excuses. Brother, you know you ain't made for that. Mm. That's just like someone serving dope right now and get caught on the block. And you know you ain't never did time. I didn't want to snitch on everybody. Come on, you finna snitch on <laughs> everybody on the block. Everybody going to jail. Everybody going to jail. <laughs> Why? Because you trying to be something you are. You know, good or well, yeah, you ain't about yeah. that. Go yeah, sit yeah. down somewhere. Yeah. And, and, and I think that we as men have to be really candid about that. Sisters, there's a lot of sisters who don't want children. Go find someone who don't want a child. Mm. Instead of playing with somebody who wants a child, you know you ain't going to give them a child. Mm-hmm. Now, back, back to the whole... Uh... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, you know, narrative that, you know, a lot of sisters, uh, not a lot of sisters, but some sisters. You know, preach, you know, uh, brothers ain't shit, this and that, whatever, whatever. Um, what do you think that, you know, what, what do you think is the effect on the young boys growing up hearing that? Yeah, it's, it's deep. It's deep because I had this conversation earlier. One of the things that we're faced with as uh, black heterosexual men, I must speak on this, this term here. I have to speak on this term because our young boys are seeing more than that now. When our young boys see black men today... They see black men who are transgender. They see black men who are gay. And they see black men who are heterosexuals. So we have to now begin to really define the black man in this capacity. And so... But do you think that black man is being defined for us through media? Absolutely. Yeah. But, but, but let's, let's get back to the question. Right. So the question is, how does this affect a young black boy when the black man is being dogged? Mm. And I'm showing you how the black man is being dogged. He's being dogged on many different fronts. Mm. But when we say being dogged, we have to be specific now. Okay. Because 
we as heterosexual black men, we are being dogged because we're being said that we're not complete fathers or that your daddy ain't shit. Mm. Okay. And then the child is being fed that. And then through the media and through whatever else may be shown, he can't see a black father that looks like his father. And then when he does see his father, he has so much uh, that's been told about his father that he's looking at his father with a skewed mindset. That's for the heterosexual black man. Then you have the black man who is a father, but who is gay now. Let's talk about it now. Okay. And mama's wailing on their son or their father because nigga gay, he ain't about shit. Mm. Gay ass. <laughs> I don't need no funny dicks around me and all this. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So now that little boy, black boy, has to take that in. Mm. And then you got another little black boy who has a father. He didn't see his father in a few years. And his father's a transgender. Mm. See, our black boys deal with so much more than the disgruntled black woman who was trying to bury the black man in the sand because she had a bad situation or she's never had a real black man in her life. Our black boys are dealing with a whole lot. So black men today have to now begin to really open up the landscape of what their black boys will be seeing. And they're no longer just seeing that father who might have been a cheat or the mama lied on him saying he's doing this and that. But now these black boys are seeing their fathers move on with other men. These black boys are seeing their fathers dress up like women. Mm. How does that affect the black boy? It creates a schism that is far-reaching. It's well beyond what we can even talk about now. Mm. So our responsibility as black men, heterosexual black men in this hour, is to do what we're required to do. Which is? If you are not that type of person to govern a family, stay in your lane. If you are that type of person to govern a family, have your wife, have your children, and let them understand that this is what the black man looks like according to your definition. If you are a black man and you are gay and you have a son, you need to be very communicative of to him of where he come from and what your world looks like and the challenges that he will now face because of what your world looks like. Mm. And if you are transgender, it gets even dip deeper. Because you have to explain to that boy what, his, what your world looks like as a transgender and what he has to accept. See? Mm. To embrace your world. It's, it's tough. What he has to endure. Yeah. No, he has to embrace his father's world. Oh, right, 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 right. Because his father's his father. But he also has to deal. He also, he also has to the, endure the, the bullying and this and listen, that. Listen, you're gonna endure as a black boy. You're gonna endure. You have to endure a whole lot more than just what we are talking about right now. Right, 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 right. Uh, a lot of our black boys who are uh, intelligent or independent, they find them space. They find themselves in spaces that won't allow them to be who they are naturally. Mm. Their intelligence tend to 
catapult them into uh, areas where academic achievement is high and most of the academic achievers are white Caucasians or Asians. So that black boy being in that space by himself alone yeah. is a challenge. I.e. the STEM field. Oh, man. Right, right, right. Tech. Tech, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so when we, when, we, when we talk about that, and this is, um, tech is a part of the STEM field, by the way. Right. When we talk about this, uh, it only gives that much more complication to the conversation. But the black boy, again, we're talking about, remember, how do we prepare? And how do we uh, think that this will affect the black boy? Yeah. It affect, affects the black boy on many different levels. Yeah. So my responsibility as a heterosexual black man is to be able to explain to my son that my presentation of what black a black man is is defined first initially by that in which a law God has presented to us. That's number one. Secondly, being a black man doesn't mean you walk around macho bravado. I hug my son. I kiss my son. I tell my son I love him. Because we have to escape this macho bravado that has been uh, taught to us by white supremacist ideology. Mm. We are not macho. To be man is not to be macho. I, I just had this conversation uh, the other week because I'm in this uh, WhatsApp group. And one of the ladies in the group has a son. I think it's, her son is 16 or 17. Um, and she was asking us because she was just at the brink of, she was at the, her wit's end. She goes, hey, listen, I, my son is 15, 16. Um, his father, Haitian man. Um, her son is really bothered by the fact that his father never really shows any um, any affection. Affection. Um, neither did my father, by the way. Neither did my father. <laughs> so, um, um, you know, I get maybe it's a cultural thing. It's, it is a yeah. cultural thing. It is a cultural thing. So, you know, her, her son is really bothered by it because he, he's like, hey, listen, like, you know, I, I ne he never uh, never congratulates him for anything he does, you know. So he just feels like, damn, like, 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 like what? And I didn't know what to say uh, besides, hey, you know what? Try to see if you can get a, a mentor or a coach for for your son because his dad is who he is. You know, at fifteen, sixteen, that's his dad is gonna be who he is. Right. So you know, the best you can probably do is to try to get that additional support you know the complimentary support right you know or supplemental support um it's, it'll, it'll be supplemental right it'll be supplemental yeah supplemental um it, to me that's all i could think about i don't know i don't know what your thoughts on that is you know um you're absolutely correct um it goes back to what we were saying earlier, man. Like, brother, if you ain't prepared for this, man, fall back, man. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Uh, and prepare for what? Prepare for fatherhood in that way. Uh, as a black as a black community, we are we continue to evolve in, in the manner of being able to share a lot of our emotional up uphill battles. Um, as recently as let's say maybe 15 years ago it became a little bit more convenient you know what i mean 
Right, right. But as we are getting now into certain spaces where, again, we identify with the the LGBTQ community and other places, you can see that it's important to be able to share, you know, jovial and loving feelings with our children. It's important for the black man because mm. you're, you're being outdueled and you're being beat by something that's already in you. Mm. So our ability to be expressive uh, doesn't handcuff us, but it is something that we have to realize historically that we not only have not had, but we're now beginning to grow into. Uh, my father, you know, before he passed in July, one of the things I used to do emphatically, I used to always hug him and kiss him, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then my dad would be looking at me like, dude, like, what <laughs> the hell are you doing here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I want to express to him and show him that this was a new way of communication that I learned. Yeah. He wasn't down for the shit, but I did it anyway. Yeah. And I did it to my son. And, and and so what that said is that I was able to grow. And culturally, we as black men have to be able to grow in that way if we're shown that. I, I'm, I'm going to share something with you. Um, I think I was I was, I was was in high school my, my sophomore year. And I was being, I was being a goofball. Yeah. Right? So I'm in school. I'm skipping school for like a month. Skipping school. I'm not even going to class. So, finally, my father finds out about it. And, you know, because the school called. Right. So, now, my father shows up. We go to the principal's office. And my father, for some reason, just breaks down starts crying. Yeah. Because, you know, he's like, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm being a father. You know, it's, it's you know, like, what, what is my kid doing? And when he starts crying, I don't know what happened, what came over me, but I started to cry. No doubt. Right? No doubt. I'll tell you what. Right. I wouldn't have cried. I'd tell your ass up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd cry later. I'd tell your ass up in that school, right? That I would have did. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it, it is to say that um, when we see the black man in that stage, um, we realize that he's broken. Mm. We realize that he's broken. And if you didn't realize then, you realize... If you didn't realize before, you realize then. The black man is a broken man. It was weird because I I've, I never saw him show any emotion besides maybe anger or just... It was just blank. He was just like a flat line. Right. And then like I just saw him just break down. And then, another thing, I started college. And we're having a conversation one day. And he ends the conversation with, I love you. And I, 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 just, I felt weird. Yeah. I was like, I was like, <laughs> that's awkward. That's awkward. I was yeah. like, I was like, where did that come from? Yeah. And my, 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 my jerk reaction was, I love you too. And it was like really quick. No doubt. And you know, but the funny thing about that, funny, funny thing about that was after that happened, um, you know, my, my brother must have been like 14, 15. So I started telling my brother, I love him every, every chance I got, you sure. know? Sure. Cause I was like, yo, you know what? Let me break that cycle. Cause that's not happening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and, and again, someone had to introduce that to you. Right. So my introduction to, uh, you know, the love piece. Telling a brother that you love him. I, I learned that uh, through the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad in the nation. Mm. Like, um, brothers used to tell me, yo, I love you. <laughs> mm. And uh, so that was a culture that bred the sentiment of love, you know? But, but was that something you had to grow into? You, I had to grow into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to grow into it. But I, I, I came to realize that, damn, if I could tell a brother there in the, in the mosque that I love him, mm. why can't I tell my own son? Why can't I tell my own dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't I tell my brother and my cousins? Yeah. And, and so, um, again, these are all things that we have to be prepared to not only teach our children, but to be examples of that for them. Mm. Because, um, again, the masculinity, as we talked about a few seconds ago, that's not ours. That macho bravado shit in terms of masculinity defined that way, that's not ours. Mm. Uh, our, our job as, as fathers, we're nurturers too. Mm. But we're nurturers in a different fashion. We're nurturers because we foster and create the environment so that nurturing can take place. Right. Just like the farmer that goes out and breaks up the land, you know, prior to the seed being placed into it. That soil has to be, you know, broken up real good so that when you are placing earthworms in the soil that it creates uh, what's important so that when a seed goes in the ground that the actual crop can grow at its healthiest you know peak so you know this is what the man does mm. he creates the environment for nurturing to take place and creating that environment is to make sure that you have a serene home to come to mm. You can't come to a home where the woman's calling on the other on your third line, and then your <laughs> wife is mad and upset, and then you're bringing the children into an environment where everyone's upset. It's toxicity, right? And so, therefore, you are not doing your job. Mm. So these are things that we have to all be mindful of, uh, and these are roles that we have to be able to identify. And the minute that you're unable to identify. Whether you are a father in the gap, you know, of being gay or from uh, being a transgender, if you're not creating these environments of love, shit, the hell would I love you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, did, Kid gonna did, look at you like, huh, I love did, you. Did you ever see, um, there was a clip from a, um, a play called Fences. I didn't. All right, I didn't. so I, I think... Right. Originally, James Earl Jones played the character, and then later on, there was a, re there was a remake and um or there was there was a contemporary production done and denzel denzel washington played the father and so the scene goes like this you know the son the son goes up to denzel and he goes do you love me do you like me and denzel goes hey listen i put a roof over your head this and that i, I don't gotta love you. i don't i i, I give i give you what it, what is owed to you you know i gave you life 
I get it. I think I saw the movie. Okay. I saw that movie. Or oh, the clip. No, I saw the movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. I saw the movie. Yeah. Uh, it was a good movie. Mm. This is when Denzel played baseball. I'm not sure. I just, I, I didn't see the, I, no. I, just, I just saw the clip. How long was this here? Uh, maybe 10 years. Yeah, I saw the movie. Okay. So, that was a great, that was a great movie. Uh, and, and, the, and the narrative was great itself because it spoke about a father who had played baseball. He was real good and he mm. was in the Negro Leagues. Mm. And he was phenomenal to the point where he could eventually at some point um, move on. But he got the woman of his young teenagehood pregnant. And instead of him going on to finish his baseball career, he stayed there and took care of that woman. Mm. Now, he uh, was in a different relationship, you know, on and off, but he took care of that boy. Mm. His mother was not happy ever at all because mm. she understood that the person that she had a child with always had another mistress. Right. She knew that. But the man still would come home to make sure that his boy had a place. So he didn't have happiness, mm. and she didn't have happiness. Mm. But the goal was to give up the optimal sacrifice right. for the child. Now, the boy would not understand that when it was all said and done until, you know, his father would pass away. Mm. But that ultimate sacrifice sometimes is where we are because that's all we have to give. Mm. And the Negro experience or the black man experience is that we are still in the process of developing who we are as fathers and who we are as families. Mm. It's a, it's a, listen, let's not undermine the atrocities and uh, the poisons that have been given to our ancestors. We were a broken people. Not only was our language taken away from us, but our ways and our traditions were taken away from us. So everything that was given to us, uh, for the most half, was that that a black, a white man introduced to us. Mm. Whether it fitted us, fit us or not, didn't make a difference. So I'm not making an excuse. I'm saying that we are a people that are still in the process of being developed, and we are a phenomenal and resilient people. We are a people who set the trends for the world. When people are rapping, the world is rapping because we was rapping. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Mm. When 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 Gucci comes out, Gucci can't do nothing beyond what the black man's gonna do with it. They take Gucci and drop it in New York and see how the black man gonna flip it. Mm. And when the black man flip it, that's what the world does. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I will say that with the, with the trendsetters, we're, we're phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, we're phenomenal. Mm. We are God chosen people, mm. and we are not that. Because we claim that we are that because in our actions, in our history, you will see that the world follows what we're doing in Harlem, Brooklyn, you know, wherever else, Miami. The world follows what we do here in America. Most definitely. And they follow what the black man and woman does in America. We are beyond trendsetters. You know, we're the avenues of hope and opportunity. We just don't get credit for it. Right, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's we, another thing, man. <laughs> we, we don't get credit for it. Yeah, yeah. Most you know? definitely. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, let's be fair to ourselves. Let's just really be fair to ourselves. Um, we're going to always do the best that we can, right? Mm. What does that mean? A black man who doesn't know that, he doesn't know how to 
communicate love and uh, you know be th- that part um, to his children to, to, his, a, to, to his, a significant even other. to a significant other yeah. he's going to do what he can in his own way mm. and what he is missing is the education what is the education the education is is the experience in the historical place of his people white man's situation versus our situation are two different situations mm. there are, there was many a day that the black woman would be penalized for dealing with a black man you even thought about being married to a black man you were going to be in trouble mm. hell you wind up having a child from a black man outside of what the slave master permitted that woman could very well lose that child in her womb mm. So, to deal with a black man historically has always been a problem. White society has never applauded a black woman to be aboard a black man. That has never been the case, even to today. If you look at any commercials, black men are not in commercials. If they're in commercials, they're athletes or they're entertainers. Yeah. Outside of the guy that does all state. Dennis Haysbert. Right? That's it. You'll never see him with his wife and his children. <laughs> and then when they ever show you a black woman, look at these commercials. They always have a white father in place. Yeah. So. Or no father at all. Or no father at all. Yeah. So, so the black man, by marketing geniuses and social engineering, has all automatically been erased from the equation. Hmm. So. Uh, it's a task, but more importantly, let's be be fair to ourselves. It is a process by which we have to continue to learn. We have to continue to uh, appreciate um, the progress that we have made, and we have to continue to recapture the narrative of who we really are. And we cannot afford or allow others to define us as to who we are. But we have our responsibility on that side of the coin to... Catch ourselves up to speed. Brother's okay to say you love somebody. Brother's okay to hug your daughter, your significant other. It's okay to give your wife roses. It's okay to let her know that she's beautiful. It's okay to massage her foot. Mm. It's okay to wipe her ass. Mm. It's okay. Yeah, when she's 60, she's going to need that 70. We're going to need that. Gonna We're gonna need it's okay. Yeah. No, we have been so stonewalled, mm. you know, our feelings and our our place of uh, of peace don't even count to society. Yeah, I think because it's it's we've been so busy trying to just survive. So you 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 your your whole your whole modus operandi is just hey survive 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 survive. Most emotion aside, we just I just gotta I gotta wake up. I gotta go get 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 this job. Gotta get this money. Boom boom. Make sure that the police don't get me. <laughs> There's so much. Right. There's right, so much right, that goes right. into a black man's day. Right, 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 right. So right. you're absolutely correct, but uh, we have to progress on. Mm. Now, as a, as a father of a son and a daughter, what are... Right, let's, let's, let's start with the, the daughter. What are the lessons that you think that a black man should instill in his daughter? Wow, man. That's that's deep. That's deep. Um, the biggest lesson that a father should instill in any of, in his daughter is self worth. Mm. 
Yeah, and how is that instilled? And that is instilled by you being the example. Mm. Self-worth is crucial for the black female. Um, Self-worth has not been projected um, as many would think with the Kamala Harris's of today and <laughs> and uh, the uh, Cindy Rice's of the day and Condoleezza Rice's of the day and the Michelle Obama's of the day. Um, a lot of our sisters are confident, but their, their confidence are not exemplary of real confidence. Real confidence is not because you see another woman can and do. The real confidence is being educated about mm. your self-worth. Mm. And a lot of our sisters don't have the education about self-worth. They don't. Mm. So a father's job is to make sure that he can... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. can inform his daughter as best of what her self-worth. And that self-worth has to have a conversation that begins with the unique nature of the woman. That girl needs to understand how unique she is. How unique is the woman? Well, you put it in, 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 in an appropriate context, there's not one human being that can be thought of without the woman. The woman is the workshop of the creator. The woman is the multiplicant, mathematically, of the human existence. Without the woman, you are negative every fucking day. She is the multiplicant. Anytime you touch the woman, she can magnify whatever you have times 10. Whether it's a physical child or whether it's just an idea that she shares. Because most women have more friends than your ass any damn way. So she can share her ideas in a gossiping circle and that idea can go much further than you would do yourself. Mm. But to be able to teach the woman the value informatively in such a way that she not only believes it, but that she puts it into play is the most valuable thing that you can teach a woman Mm. or a little girl. So we have self-worth. Self-worth. What's another thing? The next important thing that you can teach a young girl is um, authenticity. 
everyone is created differently. And there's no woman that is more appreciated than the black woman who's authentic. If she decides to wear her hair curled up, not napped up, ladies, curled up, <laughs> you know, uh, or plaited or braided, well, that happens to be apologetic to any freaking body and just goes out and put a flower in that same plaited or curled up hair, put a beautiful, you know, daisy in there. She should be able to do that without having to be accepted by anybody. That's authenticity. Mm. A girl who understands that she is authentic, meaning she is raw, she's untapped. I mean, she who she is is who she is. Untapped, meaning without influence of, uh, you know, what the Barbie dolls will show of the world, or, you know what I'm saying, what the... Uh, What's this girl that made the the song? Um, Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, you hit that right on the head. Her and what's the other girl that was with her? Cardi B. Oh yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, wop. Mine is the wop. <laughs> <laughs> mine is the wop. Yeah. A child who understands that they are who they are. Mine is the wop. Mm. Oh man, she's already ten steps ahead of the game. Mm. Mm. That's the second thing I offer. Second thing. And what's the, the third thing what's I offer? The third thing, yeah. The thing, the third thing that I offer to all young girls, at least mine specifically, is God. Mm. Is God. Everything that I mentioned prior to it is all to a degree on a superficial level because you have to be able to understand a lot of what's materialistically right in front of you, right? And how to make that appear to be so. But no woman gets the entire package minus the consciousness. So when I say God, it is the consciousness of something greater than you. Because once you have the consciousness of something greater than you, it gives you purpose, right? To be authentic. It gives you purpose, right? To do all the things that one would not normally expect that black girl to do. Mm. But there has to be a greater conscious, greater than that which is superficial that you see before you. Your knowledge of self. Hi, man, that's, that's, mm. But that's God. Mm. Mm. Self-worth doesn't come without the complementary component of a source that's greater than you. You have to be able to understand that it was something greater than you to give you the definition of self-worth. Even though you are in the process of defining defining self-worth, but there's already a carbon copy format for you. Mm. You're just trying to acquiesce to that carbon copy format. Mm. Absent the WAPs of the world, right? Mm, mm, mm. Uh yeah, wop is sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think fathers have play a vital role in how their daughters enter the dating market when it's that time? Yeah, I as think... far as as far as okay, you know what, you know, staying in shape and this and that and and you know how uh, how to interact with the man and you know um, that's a tricky question. Mm. 
I have uh, I have not had that conversation with my daughter. Mm. And in in my past experiences with some of um, the things that I have witnessed her go through, um, I would like to think that none of them young boys represent anything that I've ever showed her. Mm. So, um, you know, it may. But I don't have an answer for that because I've not had that conversation yet. Uh, and I understand, again, my responsibility is to create the atmosphere, you know what I'm saying, for her to be able to find that which would be protective for her. And creating the atmosphere simply means making sure that whatever information that she receives, that it allows her to experience a decent experience, whether it's with a man or whether it's just going to work. Mm. You know? Give the child information so that they can anticipate what to expect. Mm. So I know that my role as a father in terms of the examples is something that I would think at some point that she may possibly look for in a young man. Mm. But then if my... if if what if she doesn't see me as positive? Then she be looking for everything opposite. Right, right. Than what I provide. So that's something that I'd love to answer, but I've not had that conversation yet, and I can, I really don't know. You know. Okay, okay. Now, what what are the three things that comes to your uh, your boy? Um, the first thing that comes to me with with the boy is for him at a very early stage to understand that he is a god of his destiny. Mm. That's important to know. Um, my son must understand that he is a god of his destiny. Mm. Let me break that down for you. Okay. So to be a god is, a, is, is to be a force mm. and to have power. Mm. And so... Um, that little boy should always know that he has the force and power to make his tomorrow. He needs to know that. Mm. Um, second thing my son has to have is the ability to know that he will fail. Failure is inevitable. You have to know that you're going to fail. And failing is not a bad word. Failing is just a step back so you can step forward. Mm. Failing is a part of a building block. Mm. And last but not least, my son has to be able to understand his alignment with service to something greater than him. Mm. Why is that important? Because we as men just scientifically by way of testosterone <laughs> we tend to get you know we feel ourselves a little bit too much when we get in certain places mm. but a man who always provides service greater than him like Rick Ross said his ability to be successful is because he feeds everybody around him yeah yeah because he understands that the service has to be greater than him in order for him to survive mm. So my son needs to understand no matter where he hits it on a total pole, his success is going to be based on how he's able to provide service. Mm. That's, the, that's the way of the black man. Mm. Now, 
when it comes to relationships, what 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 do you what are the most important things you want your your, your boy to know when it comes to dealing with the opposite sex? <sighs> Let me take a little drink on that. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, you uh, guys got to excuse me. I'm just I gotta just really. What needs to be understood? Mm. What needs to be understood mm. is that um, when you marry, there's two ways that you marry. There's two reasons that you marry. Mm. You can marry someone which is a, a lifetime commitment uh, based on the laws in the unison in which God created marriage for. And when you do that, you can only expect that person to reflect that which you married them for. Mm. Or you can marry for what's societal society's way of saying that, you know, you're a good guy. Mm-mm. And when you do that, you can only expect that woman or that companion to mm. yield back to what society deems as a good guy. Mm. Either way it goes, you have to make a commitment to one thing, and that is the rule by which you are marrying for. Mm. So why, why is that important? Because in marriage, you're going to always have your ups and downs. Right. You're going to always have your differences. You're going to always have... Uh, places where one will see most differently than the other but what you ultimately have is a way of life that you choose to live Mm. so if you choose to live by a letter in the law of God then you can't expect your wife to see you any different way any differently than that in which you agreed upon Right. and if you married a woman just so y'all can look good, you know what I'm saying, and carry on with society ways, then you can only expect to, you know, to look at you in that way as well. Mm. That's, the, that's the ultimate lesson of it all. Mm. That, uh, that's, that's, that's good right there. It's good right there. Um, I don't know, what, 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 what is, what is your message to, to young black men who are entering the world? You know what? No, let's 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 take a step back. Um, what is your message to you know young black men who might be you know dealing with the uh, the absence of a father and you know are, are looking towards the streets for guidance? You know. Um... You know, a lot of brothers who are looking towards the streets for that upbringing, uh, the streets are uh, have no emotions, have no feelings. So those who are in that direction, you're probably in that direction because of your feelings. Mm. So if we understand what that looks like, then we have to be fair with ourselves and just simply say that um, you're in the wrong direction. Mm. 
uh, a man overwhelmed with too much feelings typically is not going to have a good end result. Mm. Um, so those who are looking to the streets for that, um, there ain't no love in the streets. Mm. There ain't none. Mm. And um, you're speaking to someone who knows what that is firsthand, you know? Mm. Um, as far as those who are looking for a different place in life or just looking for a leg up mm. um, who are not looking for the streets one of the most important things that you will have to understand as a young black boy is endurance mm. you have to learn how to endure you'll have to learn how to endure and, and what does that look like you know, um, it can be a little tricky because, you know, again, the black man is not monolithic in his in his travels. The black boy is not monolithic in his travels. But whatever you're confronted with, you have to learn to be consistent in your belief and endure through it all. That's your success. That's just really what it is, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, the, um, it, it's been crazy the last couple of weeks because uh, you've had, uh, you've had a lot of these um, shootings, right? You know, and these young, these young kids, you know, but notable, you know. Um, did you hear about the, the kid King Vaughn? Yes, sir. Chicago rapper. Thank you. I, I get it from my children because they yeah. into all that. They don't want to be, you know, twenty six, twenty seven. Yep. From Chicago. Um, you want some, bro? Just no, I'm good. good. Okay. <laughs> Just check. But um, his, his life, his life is just taken, you know, early. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was having a conversation with my boy King, yeah. and he was like, "You can't feel sorry for that guy because of the energy that he put out there." said that, you know, he was known for being a, a notorious shooter, you know. Um, he, he took a few bodies. Right. Allegedly. So, right. he's like, you're putting that energy out. Right. It's only, you're only going to receive that energy back. Um, And, you know, when that young brother died, you know, there were, there were a lot of people came out and they were talking about how it's messed up and, you know, uh, you know, but we're, we're not we're not being honest with ourselves and saying, hey, listen, if you put this energy out there, you're going to get it back. Right. There's consequences. You know, there's, 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 there's reactions for every action. Um, and it's funny because uh, before King Von had died, he had done an interview with, with, the, with the podcast. Right. And, he, and they asked him about, they asked him about the, um, the violence over there in Chicago. Right. And he says, hey, you know what? The reason why we do, he said, we don't know how to come to a table and sit down. And, you know, we don't have any conflict resolution skills. Now. In Chicago? Yeah. Well, go ahead. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> so do you feel, do you feel like a lot of these kids, and a lot of these kids are coming from single parent homes and mostly single mothers, single mothers. Do you feel like the fact that the fathers are missing in their lives, that 
they're missing the aspect of how to properly deal with another man. Now let's 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 be let's be straight straightforward here. Okay, let's go. Just because you got a man in your life doesn't mean he gonna teach your skills any damn way. Mm. A lot of these brothers who are part timers in the lives of these children, these young boys specific, they themselves are broken, and they're teaching these young boys wrong. It's a cycle. Yeah, it's yeah. a cycle. What we are not facing here is calling our own people out. Mm. You know, um, a lot of these young brothers who gang bang and, and do what they do, um, a lot of them do it because it is a convenient excuse for them to be in a place that works for them. Mm. Let me tell you what is the most difficult thing. When I run my miles, the most difficult thing is to go uphill. Mm. I can run on a flat straightaway all day. I can do that, matter of fact, at a quicker pace. But when I have to elevate 94 feet, that shit is hard as hell. Mm. So again, well, I talked about endurance. A part of endurance is being able to deal with uphill struggle. Mm. Young brothers today, it is so convenient for them to say that they live in this gang life or they live in this type of lifestyle because that is all they know. That's too convenient to say now. Mm. Too convenient to say. Show me a young brother who's going to walk outside the gang, take a few blows from gang members to stand fast and say, no, nah, I ain't doing that and I'm going to try to live my life the, the right way. Show me a brother who's going to skip what is popular, which is to jump in the car with a bunch of goons smoking weed, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Going to the club, sipping on whatever the case is, showing their ass. Show me a young brother who's going to skip all of that and go grab him a book and put a hundred dollars in a, in, a, in a savings account to make sure he got some some bread for tomorrow to make sure he can get ahead. Mm. See, because these are the real. He would, need, he would need that education, though. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. See, because you need education to be in the streets, too. Mm. So why are you spending time in the streets trying to get educated in the streets when you could take that same energy and spend time by educating yourself in the book? Mm. Ain't nobody out there guiding us. Mm. Nobody was not there fucking guiding me. Mm. I got most of my education from prison. Mm. That's why I learned. Mm. So show me that person Who's going to go outside of what is convenient? I'm sorry to say, even though our brothers shoot at each other and get themselves shot at, some of them get shot down, some of them shoot others, that's really convenient, bro. Because that's what everybody's doing. Show me somebody who wants to step outside of what everybody's doing. Mm. That's all I'm saying. And so when you're able to show me that, I, in turn, can show you what progress looks like at a later, at a later place in life. Right now, these brothers who are, are uh, buying into this lifestyle, mm. I'm going to keep it 100. You are a... 
You are a, a cleansing system. An agent. Yeah, you, you're, 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 you're just wiping out what needs to be wiped out anyway. Mm. A black man who doesn't love another black man and feels he needs to kill another black man to get credit, we need you wiped out any damn way. Because mm. you ain't doing nothing but wiping out another brother. Mm. You want to defend turf? Let Allah do his job. I'm going to stay out of the way. Wipe Y'all wipe each other out entirely. Mm. Because there will be a point where the little guns that you use won't be enough to battle the guns that these crackers are using when they're kicking your door down. Speak on it. So, y'all got all this toughness for young black boys and y'all want to drive by and do shootings. Nigga, save all that energy for when these crackers come kick y'all doors down. You know? Uh, when it's martial law Save all the energy for the martial law mm. Cause them crackers coming They coming for you They ain't coming for just for you They come for me too But I don't have to come from the hip To utilize a gun on some false narrative Because it was convenient to be game banging mm. I want to let people know That if I'm going to die I'm going to die for a cause mm. Mm. And that's what it is So again These brothers Again, um, what do we say about that? You know, we say really what it is. It's just too convenient to do that. Hmm. And, and why are we sympathizing with this? Why are we sympathizing with this? I'm just curious because cause he's a rapper? What if he wasn't a rapper? What if he didn't pay people behind the scene, you know... A, a, a few hundred K to make sure he got out there. Mm. Who would even know about him? Right. What investments have he left behind for either his children or for those that would come behind him in the game? That's the question. Okay, then. So, bro, we ain't talking about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, shit. Real talk. Bro. That's the question. You know, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of these guys. They 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 uh they lose their lives early and then what's going on? They ain't left nothing behind. There's nothing left behind. Not left. So you know I I say that to the great, I say that to say the great Nipsey Hussle. Mm. Um, Ashgadan, Ashgadan. Yeah. Um. It's it's deep because this brother had already made preparation before he even died. Mm. When he passed, he was already set. That's love. That's love because he saw himself greater than himself. Mm. He saw things much, much more exponential than himself. So I remember after he passed, you know, they were they were trying to do a so-called GoFundMe account. GoFundMe account. The the people, his people, was like, "Listen, we we good. We good. He he set us up. We good." And I was like, "Damn." His brother till this day, right now, yeah, he racking millions off. Just his the clothing line and everything else that he was setting up, mm. because this man already had pre- prepared well before himself. Forethought, and the same thing with Tupac. Mm. I'm a major Tupac fan. Mm. Tupac had already prepared catalogs of music well before he passed away, because mm. that's what was offered to him. A lot of financial literacy was not offered to him, so he couldn't make that. Mm. But I say that because, bruh. If you in these streets and you touching 100K or better a year, 
and you ain't doing nothing for your team, and you ain't putting nobody in a place where they can legitimately take your visions to the next level, you out here stunting. Yeah. You stunting. Yeah. Nigga, stunting don't get celebrated today. Stunting is a way to make the police come at your ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's, there's a lot of wolves on the street, too. They hungry. Yeah. They hungry. Yeah. They hungry. So, that's all I'm saying. I respect a man who robs a boat full of full of dope, right? Mm-hmm. Takes that money, builds it, and feeds other people. Mm. Then a man who robs that same boat in the next 60 days, he's stunting in a Rolls Royce. Because mm. the reason why we out there putting our life at risk is so that we can live a better life. Right. That's what well, we no, do. that's that's why you should be. Well, that's what we do right. it for. Right. I, and I'm saying we, because I speak for those who come from my era. We do it for the cause. Because mm. we know that if we good, even though our parents are not indulged in any of that nonsense, they good. Mm. Let me say, there ain't nothing, nothing better than to see your mother smile after you've sent her a brand new car that she can drive. Mm. Or you done paid her bills. Or you done paid her home for... Yeah, listen, yeah. brothers out here clipping brothers mm. for territory. Mm. And none of their moms ain't got no properties. But you're going to kill a nigga and you're going to be you gonna do 25. And then you're going to leave your mother in the same condition. Oh, you're going to die. All right, come on, man. You're going to die. You're going to leave her with nothing. You're going to leave her in the same condition which you found her. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is this masculinity bullshit that has been fed to us. Brother, we are black men. You won't find another group of people more loving and more caring than the, the Negro in America. Mm. He loves everybody and loves everything except himself. Mm. <laughs> wow. So if we can just get an ounce of love for self, please, man. Was, was, he, was he conditioned to be that way? He was conditioned to be mm. that way. But that's just a, that's just like the story of Christopher Columbus. Mm. We know Christopher Columbus didn't discover the world. Mm. In the same way we know that the black man's mind that he has today is not his mind. Mm. We know the white man is who taught him. Hell, he couldn't even go into a church and read the Bible until a white man told him he was able to. Mm. Which is why Islam has been the hallmark of my children and myself from day one. Because we definitely are not going to be susceptible to what our slave masters would teach us after they felt was is appropriate for them to teach us. Now, when when did you find Islam? Man, I found Islam when I went to college. I played high school. I played... Uh, College football as a freshman. Okay. What, what position? I played receiver, man. I played okay. receiver. And uh, pretty good. Pretty good, by the way. And um, my 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 roommate, no, let me not say roommate, because we didn't live together, but one of my, my quarterback, freshman quarterback, he came from Miami as well as I did. And we were in North Carolina, a college called Chawan College. And uh, this dude was weird. He was weird because we were from Miami. But he was very humble, very, he was well-read, and he just wasn't flamboyant, but we looked alike. 
I, on the other side, when I got to college, I had my own Cadillac sedan I had a I had a hair bone set like Tupac, yeah. about a half an inch thick. Mm. I had a Cartier set. Mm. I had cash in my pocket. Mm. I had... Uh, Man, listen, I was dead kind of fresh, baby. I had, I had uh, different ballets, yeah, all colors that match every last silk shirt that I had. Wow, it was like a drug deal on campus. Oh, man. <laughs> the dorm, the guy who was responsible for the dorm, yeah. his name was Thornton. He mm. said, listen, son. Now, this dude was sweet. Yeah. But he was responsible. He's a brother. Mm-hmm. He said, son, if you don't slow down how you living, you don't either wind up dead or in prison. Mm. But anyway, that's where I met Islam at, through this brother named Adib Sharif. He was, um, we were the same age, you know what I mean? I might have been just a few months older than him. But we both had aspirations of just trying to get to college. He played at a school called North Miami Beach High. I played at... uh, the, the local neighborhood school, Miami Jackson High. Jackson, yeah. Yeah, and we would wind up eventually getting to Chowan in North Carolina together. And I was so, well, I was just so moved by his discipline. And um, when I came in there, he taught me that your name is Moses, and that's your mother name, but your original name is Musa. Hmm. Because Musa is a language that we spoke before we were stolen from the lands. Mm. That's what Moses would have been significant to. And that's why I rock the name Musa till this day, Brother Musa. Mm. Um, so my, my acquaintance with Islam was uh, in college. And then obviously as I got, as I got locked up, you know what I'm saying, I, I would later um, have time to study in compare and contrast what it was I grew up with in the Catholic religion versus Islam. And a lot of it was very similar. Um, But I was able to, again, put it together. And when it was all said and done, I realized that Islam had more of an ancestral tie to me than Christianity would ever have. Mm. And those of us who are black, if we do our homework, we will recognize that Christianity was what the colonial slave masters brought in it was never ever something that we had harbored naturally at home in our in our in our, in our lands as as uh our black men and women so we have to really appreciate and respect that do you get where i'm coming from yeah yeah and by doing that that's what opened the door for me to not only embrace islam but to uh go a little bit you know deeper into the teachings and raise my children and such Hmm. Um, in what ways do you think um, the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Minister Louis Farrakhan um, benefit the African American the community but African American males in particular yeah beautiful thank you for the question yeah because we don't get this question a lot first of all um we are forever uh, thankful for Master Farouk Muhammad, who was God in the person of man, who was able to communicate to the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and teach him um, to be able to provide us a degree of sustainability that we see now in the hour. Um, I'm going to skip past the messenger, but I'm going straight to the most honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan. Mm. 
and we are we are most definitely grateful for him for being guidance and light in this hour. Uh, but I can uh, easily say that he identifies as um, what would be known as, you know, the comforter in this hour. Yeah. Um, this is a man who, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, has taken uh, the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and he has made it applicable to us in real time. He has been a, he he has had the the gift and the skill to break down the teachings and the lessons so that we can make it digestible for ourselves. But what what he has done that he has not been given credit to by white America is that he has taken young boys who are fatherless, young boys who are game bangers, young boys who are uh, uh, totally in the wrong you know, understanding of manhood, and he has made them men. He is, he has, uh, by God's grace and mercy, he has given us an example of what a man should be. When we talk about being responsible and creating environments uh, to protect our women, the minister teaches us these things. He doesn't just teach it by mouth, but he's lived it. And he's the author of books that have explained to us what steps we should take. But furthermore, when the process is all set and done, we are not done yet. He sends us out into our own communities and makes sure that we understand that a part of your success is making sure that someone who doesn't understand what it looks like looks at you not listen to you but follow the examples of you so I sit here with you um, Lashitek and I have to say that if the minister had not influenced my life I don't think you'd be taking time to influence me to, uh, to interview me today uh. the examples that I showed you with having my own daughter at the age of three years old when we was doing our rap creole show yeah catching the bus with my own daughter mm. to make sure that we all those examples came from the sacrifice of what it is to foster and protect and take charge of our situation as men mm. and I've shown that to you since my daughter was three now she's 15 obviously mm -hmm. right yeah to where we are right now with my son when last time you saw him he was a baby he's an infant now he's 10 years old he just took out the trash or oh, I just brought the groceries when you you know, when you were there. Uh -huh. And when I called, he was the first one to answer the phone. Uh -huh. And he came right down and did it. Is that not correct? Right. I saw that with my own eyes. These are examples that the minister has created for us. Uh -huh. So what better example would you have in this hour, religious or not, than to have a man to show you what it is to be a man? Uh -huh. What other examples would we have? So I say that again. I'm not perfect. I'm just telling you that the minister, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and Master Farah Muhammad, a hundred years right now in counting, has created a platform so that the black man will not lose himself in this world that we see in this hour, which speaks nothing of the black man. Mm. Mm. 
So that's how the Islam, and that's how the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has not only saved me, but he has saved many of us. Just ask Buster. Have you heard Buster Ryan's most recent album? Yeah, the uh, the record. You talking about the record with he that he did with uh, Ross? Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. What's the name of that record? Can we, that can was we, a tough can, record. Can we play that? Or is that is nah, that? Nah, nah. You can't right. play the record. All right, because <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. The minister makes men. He remakes men mm. every generation. Mm. Show me another black man who remakes men. Generation after generation. Mm. That's not to exclude the Million Man March that has never, ever been duplicated, ever. Mm. Master Fard Muhammad. That's, there you yeah, go. Name, That's yeah. the name of the song. Yeah. Yeah. What other man do you know that has replicated the making of men outside Minister Farrakhan from generation? He's been doing it for 60 years. And well respected. 60 years. Well respected. And we don't need CNN and MSNBC. And he's still making men right now. This, this is the only man that can broker peace deals with the rappers. And the, <laughs> like, hold on, hold on. And the gangs. And the gangs, and the gangs. But truces between the blood and the crips. That didn't come from California or L.A. Yeah, yeah. That came from the nation. Mm. The minister brokered that. Yeah. Mm. He was able to get with the original founders of the gangs in the prisons. Mm. And broker the truce. Then the crackers ain't gonna tell you that. But I'm saying that any man who can replicate the teachings for 60 years to new babies that have not even heard of him and they can fall right in line, he is a man of God. And that was my introduction to Islam and to this moment at this day that continues to be my stakehold. Picture right behind you, if you just take a look. That's uh, the uh, Surah Al-Nas, and this is uh, Surah Al-Quran, this is the Surah Al-Majid, and that's Al-Fatiha. Mm. Mm. What, what makes these brothers who... What makes these brothers who are, you know, just notorious men fall in line and, and not fall in line but just be able to sit sit back and listen to his brother speak um the minister speaks with a truth that's not his mm. but he speaks with a truth that belongs to God mm. and whenever um a man is aligned with God he has no hardships nor does he have any setbacks because God's tenure is not something of the hour, but it's something that we can say in our teachings that is already projected 25,000 years in advance. Mm. So the man is only going to speak something that he heard of a creator that already gave him the answer 25,000 years in advance. He's already speaking something that he knows the people are going to fall in line with, not of his own accord, but what God has already written that. Mm. So, so this is the answer to that and I'm not speaking on behalf of the minister let us make that clear I'm just telling you that in the teachings it speaks of that anything that he is saying is nothing different than what the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said really ain't if you go study the most honorable Elijah Muhammad in the books that is there anything he's saying ain't no different 
So the mere fact that he was able to hold on to what was said and to go back and rephrase what was said 50 years later and still have the same magnetic attraction says that the attraction is not in the individual. The attraction is in the information that's being shared. Mm. Mm. So that's, that's, that's what it is in summary. The minister's gift is just being connected to God. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry about that, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took it to another level. I didn't mean drop it like that. He's he dropping science, yeah, man. Yeah, it, it is what it is, man. He's dropping science, man. Um, What is it? What 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 is it? I mean, what is what is your dream? Um, what is your dream? Um, or how do you want the black man to be perceived? You know, um, when 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 it's all said and done, when, when it's all said and done, and the lights go out for you, right? Mm-hmm. How do you want the black man to be perceived, or the image of the black male to be? I'm gonna show you a video, and then I'm gonna answer that. Okay. Right this second. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really important for me to show you. Okay. Okay. This, this is Grove Hall. Okay. The mosque. Yeah. Just a little bit of that right there. How should the black man be perceived? Okay. Mm. I'm just I'm showing it to you. It's like a farmer's market. That they yeah, have. We do it. Every, we've been doing it for three, three and a half years now. Unannounced. No one gives us a props. We do it. We were doing it well before the churches were doing it. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting the visual. The, the, okay. Yeah. So 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 what we were showing more recently is uh, an actual, um, a visual of uh, a commercial spot where how was the black man? How should the black man be viewed and seen? The black man should be viewed and seen as a man of service. And who are we serving? We are serving humanity on behalf of God. That is the work of the black man. Anything greater or more than that is not the representation of the black man. Now, for some mothers, that might sound absurd because then they'll be like, well, where is our place in the history of humanity? But brothers and sisters, our place in the history of humanity has already been edged in stone. If you look at the Sphinx in Egypt, we were already here. We are the beginning of humanity. But now in this hour, our responsibility is service. And our service to the creator is a service that simply says that we owe the work of God to the very God that has answered the cries and the prayers of our ancestors. Anybody here in this Western world as a black man, whether you're from Cuba, whether you're from Panama, whether you're from Haiti, whether you're from Trinidad, or whether you're from Mississippi, if you think that your ancestors did not cry 
If you think that your ancestors did not cry while they were being lynched and burned and thrown overboard, you are a fool. Those cries and those prayers have to be answered. And they have to be answered through a way of service by us as black men in the American diaspora. The minute we're able to answer those prayers by service, then we have fulfilled what our purpose is. Mm. That is our job and our responsibility to power. Mm. Might not be what you want to like and want to hear. Maybe you want to be an NBA player in the NFL. <laughs> That's not what we're here for, bro. That's not what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. That's not what we're here for. Mm. And Rick Ross, Buster Rhymes, mm. P. Diddy, mm. many artists who pay homage to us in the nation, you know, year in and year out. Um, they bear witness to that. Mm. So the nation ain't no clique, it ain't no cult, like these crackers be saying it's a cult. Nah. We are uh, the real information. We are the real information. And we try our best to make sure that those who are prepared to take on a new way, a new life, you know, we make sure that they understand that this is who we are and this is what our reality is based upon. It could never be based upon, you know, what our former slave masters have created. It has to be based upon something that's new, something that's original, but something that's greater than the slave master himself. And that is God. Wow, man, this has been a very, very uh, informative interview, man. This talk is not even an interview. This is a talk, <laughs> you know. Talk. And you know, this, this, yeah, this is all this love, is, man. This is this is the first of many, man. Because I definitely want to have you on here again. Yes, sir. But um, as we as we go out, um, is there anything that you want to say? Is there a prayer that you want to, you know? You know, uh, no, I'm I'm, I'm good. Um, I want to just really um, be thankful for the time and the respect. You know what I'm saying? given to me to be able to sit here and do the interview um, most definitely that is not to be missed because people have to keep you you know uh, in, 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 in a high place uh, to be able to share the information that you have and with uh, those who listen from wherever um, so I am most thankful for that um, absolutely most thankful for the history and the experiences that I've enjoyed in my life um, but last but not least, um, I'm thankful for uh, the continuous effort that you have presented today uh, for the black man and his purpose. Um, it is important that we keep our foot on the gas pedal and make sure that the world understands that the narrative that is being framed for us is not that which we are totally uh, concerned with yes we do respect the LGBT community and uh, parts of the transgender community who have a lot of money behind them and have a lot of advocacy behind them influence. about their and their influence and their cause but we are the black man we are the heterosexual black man who has been doing right by our people from day one we ain't going nowhere and no matter how people want us to be Invisible, we are here, and this audience here, this platform here, allows us to speak our piece of that. 
So I, I say that. Um, I leave you in a universal uh, greetings of peace and paradise. Uh, we say it in our own ancient Arabic language of Assalamu Alaikum. But more importantly, um, I say to the brothers and sisters who are tuning in, uh, peace. And may God's peace be with you. We out. Out. Thank you for listening to Let Man Renaissance.